Well, I wonder if you have ever heard the story of a newlywed. This newlywed who was fixing a ham for the very first time, and she wanted it to be just the best possible ham dinner. And so she pulled out the ham, she got out a cutting board, and she cut off the three inches on the end of that ham. Have you ever heard this? She cut off the three inches of the ham, and she was putting it all together with all her ingredients that she wanted it to just taste just right. But then she thought, well, why did I cut off those three inches of the ham? I can't remember. That's the way my mother did it. So she called her mom. Mom, why in the world, why in the world do we cut off the three inches of the ham at the very end? The mom thought, she said, well, I, I don't know either. That's the way grandma taught us. Let's call grandma. So they called grandma. Grandma got on the phone and they said to her, Mom, Grandma, why do we cut off the three inches of the ham? Does it, does it taste better? Does it, does it cook better? Is it just a more, uh, is it a better way to cook it all together? And the grandma laughed and she, she said, no, I never taught you to do that. I just cut off those three inches of the ham because that's the size of the pan that I have. <laughs> it's funny to me how we pass down things to our kids, how we pass down things to the next generation without even thinking about it all that much. Those things that maybe are not taught intentionally but are taught or caught by the next generation of those who are watching. Heredity, genetics play a strong part. But our habits and our attitudes and just our daily in and out routines the things that we are so devoted to with our hands and with our hearts and with our lives get handed down. They are either caught or taught, and some are so good, and some are not so good. And this is where we find ourselves today in, a ta in our Take a Step series with those sweet, precious Israelites that we've been following along with through the desert those original people who were led across the Red Sea by Moses into freedom. There they spent a year at Mount Sinai making and living into this new covenant with God. There God gives them the Ten Commandments, begins to form them as a people. They start to wander on their desert trips. They start to wander and wonder and they start to complain and many decide, oh, this is awful and terrible. I'd rather be back in Egypt. And some of them say, oh, this is awful and terrible. I'm not going further. I'd just rather just be content to sit right here. And so through this pattern of rebellion and bad decisions, through this pattern of covenant breaking, they essentially disqualify themselves from being the ones to enter into the promised land. Has God abandoned them? No. God has not abandoned them. God is still with them. God is still caring for them, providing for them. It's just that they are not going to be the ones to go on to that promised land of milk and honey. And so now we're entering into a new era where we enter into the book of Deuteronomy, and Moses, older Moses, 
is now standing before this second generation of Israelites, second gen wanderers and wonders, and he's teaching them all about the Torah. He's teaching them all about the lands or the laws and the commands of God. But guess what? They start just cutting the ends, the three inches off that ham, so to speak, because that's just the way we know how to do it. That's what has been taught and caught. And so Moses is teaching this new generation and pleading with them to keep the laws of God, to be devoted wholeheartedly to God. Moses is calling them to be faithful, to be faithful to the, to the covenant that God has made with them, to be faithful to that covenant unlike their very recent ancestors. Some of, the mo some of the laws that Moses is teaching are new, and many, many are repeated for the second time. And here's where we get the name of the book, Deuteronomy, the second law. And so Moses teaches them all about their history, their very recent history. Teaches them all about their Exodus rescue story. He reminds them and teaches them about the Ten Commandments again. And then he teaches them what will become the heart and the soul of the book of Deuteronomy and also the heart and the soul for the people called Israelites. Jesus refers to this passage of scripture as well that Moses is about to teach them. Jesus refers to it when he is asked, what is the greatest commandment? What is the most important one that we should be focused on? And he quotes scripture from Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear the word of the Lord for this morning. Moses says to his people, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So picture it. And now, older Moses, standing before wandering Israelites 2.0. And he has seen their ancestors break covenant with God, and he knows firsthand the consequences of that. He has been with them every single step. He has loved them. He has hurt with them. He has mourned with them. He has comforted them. He has taught them. And so now here with this new generation, pleading with them, pleading with them to listen, to not just hear, but to listen and obey, to put into practice what he has said. Listen, Moses says, love the Lord our God, not all the other ones that we learned about in Egypt, but this God, this one God alone, it is he. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, meaning with your absolute whole self, not just with the emotion that we associate with love, but with great action and intention toward God, keeping the laws and keeping the commands. Moses says, love the Lord your God with all your soul, 
with your whole entire being, your mind, your body, and all of who you are. Love the Lord your God with all your might, with everything you've got, with the entirety of your life, your resources, your relationships, the fullness of it all. Live for and be devoted to God. And Moses goes on. Keep these commandments, live these commandments, but not just for you, but for your children and your grandchildren and your great, 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 great grands. Recite to them what we're learning together. Recite them and teach them when you're at home and when you're out and about. Teach them when you're about to go to sleep at night and when you wake up in the morning for morning manna, teach it. Put it on your hands and put it on your foreheads. Put it in your doorpost, on your houses, on your gates. Why is Moses so determined here? I think it's so that this new generation, this next gen, doesn't end off cutting off the end of the ham and not even knowing why. So that they are taught with intention the way to live a life of devotion to God. At the end of chapter 6, it is, there is a line in there that is my most favorite besides the one that we just heard. It's, Moses, it's Deuteronomy 6.23, and Moses is continuing to teach them and instruct them on what he just gave them. He's, he's uh, teasing it out, teaching them more, talking to them about how they should raise and lead their own generation when he passionately says this to them in Deuteronomy 6, just a short bit later, he says, when your children ask in time to come, what is the meaning of the decrees and the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your children, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord displayed our, before our eyes great and awesome signs and wonders against Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his household. Here's my favorite one. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in, to give us the land that he promised on oath to our ancestors. Then the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our lasting good, so as to keep us alive, as is now the case. If we diligently observe this entire commandment before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, we will be in the right. He has brought us out in order to bring us in. Into what? The promised land. Rich in milk and honey. This land is so plentiful, full of ghosts, the milk is just flowing. This land is so fertile, it grows these huge, enormous trees where the fruit is pressed for sweet, sticky honey. He has brought us out so that we might be brought into a more devoted life before the Lord, that we are formed and that we are shaped by every step we take toward a more centered life in God, so that our lives are fashioned into fruitfulness in and for God. So did this next generation listen completely 100% to Moses? What do we think? 
Not, not everybody. Some, some kept cutting off those three inches of ham, complaining, rebelling, old habits, old habits that have that sort of sticky residual effect that are often repeated. Some did, and some did not. So I'm going to tell you something this morning, and um, I'm going to ask you to not tell my mother. <laughs> I'm 49, but, you know, don't, don't tell my mom. She'll be here next week. You pinky swear? Okay. So as I've shared before with you, I am trying to train to ride with Team Grace in the Bike MS 150-mile ride race in March. And so what, my, what I do is, as I ride three days a week, and I increase my distance each time during that week, so to sort of build up speed and distance. So Monday is my first day of the week when I ride, and so Monday, I was, Monday morning I wasn't able to go. So I decided I'm going after dinner. So I waited a little too long, and the sun was going down. I thought, no problem. I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go out, do 10 miles. It won't take me very long, and I'll be back before the sun goes down. I was wrong. And so I, I set out. I was about a mile down the road, and a car got very, very close to me. This is the part where you may not repeat to my mother. A car got very, very close to me, and it, it startled me. And at the same time, um, my playlist of music was playing Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. <laughs> and so I decided very prudently, I thought, to go home. And so I turned around, and I had only gone two miles. I promptly took that song right off my playlist, because that will never be heard again while I'm riding. And um, so there I was at home, and I was M-A-D mad at myself, because I should have gone in the morning. So the next time during my week, my schedule is I ride on Thursday morning. So, but now I'm scared, because this car got pretty close. And so I decided I'm still going out. I'm still going to go further than because I was going to ride 20 miles on Thursday. So I'm still going to do that. But um, I'm just going to stick close to home. I'm just going to go right here on Lithia Pinecrest, maybe about a three from my house to Pinecrest Elementary is three miles. So I'm just going to do that back and forth and back and forth. So I determined that's what I'm going to do. And I did. And I'll tell you what, it was safe, but it was horrible. Just back and forth and back and forth. No challenge at all. There's one little bitty hill. Just easy. Too easy. And it was so boring. Back and forth and back and forth on that little bit, three-mile path. I don't think, well, I was so bored. I don't think I have ever rolled my eyes as much in that amount of time as when my parents set my senior prom curfew. I really, I was rolling my eyes the whole time, and I was so upset with myself, too. Back and forth and back and forth. No purpose, no challenge, no adventure. And at any moment, I could just go home. At any moment, I was, what, three miles tops from my house? Go home. And that kept going over in my mind. Go home. You're bored. Go home. The next day, Friday is the day when I can ride the longest. And so I thought, I'm not doing that ever again in my life. And so I went out to Flatwoods Park and, uh, so that I could experience just wherever I wanted to go for however long I wanted to go, and no cars, by the way, near me. And so I determined I'm going to ride 40 miles today, and 
so I did it, and I was, that's the longest I've ever ridden, and I was so thankful, I was so proud, and I was so exhilarated by the wind in my hair and by just being so exhausted by the adventure of it all. I got in my car to drive home, and I was weeping. Thank you, Lord. I was so tired, but exhilarated and thankful. The Lord has brought us out so that he can bring us in. The Lord did not bring us out of whatever we have lived through just to circle around and go a three-mile radius and be safe. The Lord did not bring us out from whatever he has brought us through to travel back and forth with boring, non-adventurous life of wandering and eye-rolling and complaining because we are scared of what taking a step forward might look like, might involve, what the promised land might hold. The Lord has not brought us out so that we can live a life of scarcity or complaint or fear, but of fullness and adventure and trust and hope and devotion to this one God alone who has rescued each and every last one of us. But if you are like me at all, I can what if myself to death. What if I head out and another car gets too close? What if I fall? What if I fail? What if in March I can't go that distance? What if I can't reach my goal? What if? And I do that in other parts of my life too, do you? In my faith life, what if? What if it's too hard? What if someone gets too close? What if I fail? What if I fall? What if I get hurt? We do it as a church too sometimes. What if we try this and it fails? What if it just doesn't work out at all? What if it costs too much? What if, what if we just do this? What if we just stay where we always have stayed, where we, what we have always have done? What if we just stay put, everybody free? But what if, what if it works out? What if we try new things? What if we meet new people? What if God leads us into new directions? What if we go further and farther and get stronger than we have ever been? What if God gives us a challenge that is exhilarating and adventurous and causes others to be drawn to him too? What if, what if I stop? What if we stop cutting off the end of that ham just to fit it into the pan of someone long ago that told us that that's how you do it? What if we trust? What if we trust the Lord with all of our heart? What if we don't lean on our own understanding? What if in all of our ways we acknowledge him? And he will make our path straight. It will not be without cost and it will not be easy, but it will be straight into our purpose and into our calling, straight into what we were created to do and what we were created to become. What if? 
we were formed and shaped in this process? What if our lives were so devoted to God that our identity was found right there in the center of God's life? And what if this was what we handed down to our children and our grandchildren and the people around us with whom we have influence? What if we modeled this trust in the Lord with such regularity that we built up a residual film of trust in our lives so that the next generation sees that every time we lift our foot to take a step, there's trust there. There's something there every time we put our foot down. We see the benefit of the trust build up in our life, and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is with us that the Lord is directing us and guiding us. What if we pass that down? Moses comes to the end of his life. He knows that he's not going to go into the promised land with this Israelite 2.0. He's going to pass that torch on to someone else to lead them through. And so... At the end of his life, he gives a warning, he gives a blessing, and implores these dear ones one last time to be devoted to God. And he says this in Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 20. Surely, this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you. Nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us that we may hear it and observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us that we may hear it and observe it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart for you to observe. See that I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, observing his commandments, decrees and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear but are led astray to bow down to other gods, and serve them. I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing in the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. And then he says this, choose life. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. For that means life to you, and the length of days so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And after this, Moses walks up a hill and he dies. Every time I read that passage, I weep. This giant in our faith tradition walks up a hill and he dies in two weeks we're going to celebrate all saints day and i'd like to ask you that in two weeks that you bring a picture of somebody that has 
pointed the way to Jesus, has shown you the way of faith, would you bring their picture to worship that day? And let's fill our altar space with those pictures as we remember the people who have gone before us who have pointed the way to faith in the Lord. And so today, I brought a picture of Moses. I don't think this is the actual guy, do you? But I just brought it today as a reminder. We have, we have people in our faith history who have gone before us, who are just as human as we are, who have tried and failed and taken a step and taken three backwards, but have pointed the way to God for us. Moses, this giant in our faith, was not always a giant, right? Remember his what-ifs at the beginning of this whole journey? He had every excuse and every what-if there ever was when the Lord was asking Moses to take a step towards a more centered life in God. And through Moses' life, God formed and shaped him to become his mouthpiece, his teacher for these dear ones in scripture and for us. Moses spent about four decades with them. His last words, choose life. Choose the life to which you have been called. It may be for a different purpose or a different calling than those who have gone before us. We were not made to repeat the steps of others or those who have gone before us, but for this time in this place where God is asking us all to choose life and to take a step forward towards God. And so I ask us all to think about what step will I take? What step will you take towards a more centered life devoted to God? Amen. we sing together.
As we leave today, I want to remind you to um, go back to the back and find your stewardship packet. Um, Eric will be back there. Some others will be back there to help you. They're alphabetized. There's also blank ones if you don't have one back there for you and your family. This is a way that together as a community, we are building our individual lives, our, the lives of our church around the center of God's. So take these home with you. Bring them back next week as we celebrate that, that we have a God that wants us to take a step towards him. So go now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, knowing that you are deeply, deeply loved. Amen.